0: Peter, I'm home.
1: Welcome home, sir. For your information, Robin is trying on costumes in the Batcave again. He's doing some pirouettes and patricianikos.
0: <music> Awkward sounds of drinking. Um, welcome to season two, episode two of Asteroids in Exile. Woohoo!
1: it's a special episode because Nif has uh, celebrates his birthday today.
0: Yahoo! Yes, it's my birthday episode. It's the birthday episode of, of uh, Asteroids in Exile. So it's going to be extra special. I'm having cake. I don't know about everyone else.
1: So. Will you eat it too?
0: Uh, yes. <laughs> I think I'm going to be eating cake all day by the sounds of it. So, yeah, no, it's exciting. It's um, an- another year gone by. You can... Um, this is is gonna go into that depressing what have I done in the last 365 days yeah
1: but it's I think it's also our anniversary episode because we started in February last year
0: wow right there you go
1: happy birthday to us
0: guys yeah happy birthday to us as well that's great I mean it's cool that we wanted to do 10 episodes and we did that for last year and now um yeah hopefully get some get some good scores on the board for this year as well There's a lot going on in 2017. I mean, we thought 2016 was going to be the big year for comic book movies and, you know, everything happening in that pop culture world. But 2017 is as busy, so it's pretty crazy. So what are we going to talk about today?
1: Uh, We're going to start off by talking about one of comic book's most beloved and cinema's most beloved characters, the man in black or blue, depending on who drew drew him. Uh, (laughs) And... We're going to start off with you talking about the Lego movie because I was occupied by life and couldn't right. watch uh, the brick, Bricked Avengers Exploits.
0: Ah, the Bricked Avengers. Now it's interesting <laughs> you yeah. call it the Bricked Avengers because obviously it's the Bricked Justice League. League, yeah. <laughs> no, so yeah, I did watch the, Bat- uh, the Lego Batman movie last week and it was great. I really liked it. I don't think it was as good as the first Lego movie. The first Lego movie had um, a lot of heart. But if you're a Batman fan, if you're a comic book fan, um, and just I think any sort of Batman fan in general, the Lego Batman movie was awesome. It was really cool. There were jokes coming like a mile a minute, just coming super fast. And it, it, it did have a really cool story as well, you know, trying to trying to um, teach Batman something about life. So that, that was really sweet. But at the same time, um, it was just so, so quick quick-witted and funny. There was just so much going on. It was really cool to watch. And I think that's like, you know, as we can talk about for the rest of uh, the Batman section here today, Lego is doing such a great job at putting the Justice League on the screen that it's really the best best thing that Warner Brothers is doing right now when it comes to the Justice League. Everything else seems to be a mess. Lego, ironically, is the, is the thing that's like bringing... The Justice League to the screen and doing it justice. So who would have thought?
1: They have the right building blocks. To <laughs> yeah, I didn't think they went through.
0: But no, no, that was good. That was you know good. who knew? They, 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 you could, you could say they're master builders. comes to master buildings. builders. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear! I know it was great. Um, the cast, you know, did such a good job in the Lego Batman movie. The, um, the voice acting. Like Will Arnett as Batman's really funny. Uh, Michael Cera does the voice of Robin, and he's such a, his, it's such a good Robin. Like it's Robin's just so full of like joy and naivety and innocence and like just, but it's got heart as well. Like there's there's even the way they do kind of like the um the facial emotions on the Lego characters is so cool. I I really loved it.
1: Yeah, the cast seems to be interesting as well because when I I, I looked at the at the minifigures and everybody's there, you have a calendar man, oh an yeah, eraser, the, the, had... the
0: whole rogues gallery is like out, even the stupid villains. <laughs> is kite man in Are the you... movie? Who is
1: a kite man? The guy with the the, uh-huh. the kite on his back, the, the the burglar.
0: Yes, I think I I, I think fleetingly, but yes, yeah, I mean <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone makes a. Like again, there was so much happening. Like you, I mean, I had the opportunity to watch it again, but I didn't. But it's one of those movies that, that you can watch again, like repeated viewing, just because there's so much happening in almost every scene. And it's it's funny because it's so fast paced, but there's lots of quiet moments as well. It's definitely worth checking out.
1: It sounds interesting because you say it has uh, the quiet moments as well, and uh, most people that I knew. That uh, I know that uh, have seen it were overwhelmed by <laughs> by the experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, like overall, it's overwhelming. But the the way you get through that massive, I think it's I, I I don't think it's quite two hours. But the way you get through the whole movie is they do have these quiet moments in in between to give you a, a rest. You know, <laughs> so you do you go, you do get um, break stops <laughs> through the movie. To just kind of like say, all right, that massive action sequence is over. And now we're just going to, you know, take a couple of minutes to just regroup and then go into the next thing. So that was cool. Um, and that's what I mean. Like they kind of set up just the character of Bruce Wayne and where he's coming from. And like the dark, they they really make fun of the dark side of Batman. You know, like Batman's always about the darkness and the shadows and the seriousness. And that's why Robin is such a great character in in the way they put him in this movie. Because he's just so bright. colorful and like he's just like a slap in the face to all of bruce wayne's seriousness and it's great like just the interplay between those two itself is awesome but there's also like all the other characters around batman um that have a play in as well so alfred's there barbara gordon you know and um yeah i mean they just do a fantastic job i thought Um, it didn't have the well to me i thought it didn't have the super emotional punch that the Lego movie had the original one. Yeah. Cause, and, and maybe that was more something out of like nostalgia and the Lego movie was kind of more of a blank slate, whereas Batman does come with its own baggage, but it was just a great execution of what Batman is and what, uh, and the, you know, the way they interpreted it. So go see it. If you haven't seen it, definitely go see it. It is an assault on the senses though. Like seriously, <laughs> it, like the music, the, um, the visuals cause it's Lego, right? So everything's bright. It's colorful as neon characters is like, we saw it in 3d as well. So it was just like, it was, it was like, you just get, you can get lost in that movie. <laughs> it's great. Um, yeah, but unfortunately that's kind of the best Batman we have right now because Batfleck is kind of a bit of a hot mess. So okay. do you want to take us through what's been happening in that world?
1: Okay. I have this obsession with all articles about Ben Affleck's the Batman movie, and the last couple of years were a roller coaster because mm-hmm. uh, at one time it said, I mean, it's it's a fact that he won't, uh, Batf- 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 Ben Affleck won't be directing the, uh, the Batman movie. Yeah. But then we had news that the script is not as good as it could be. And Warner Brothers is refusing to do any big rewrites, because they say it's a Batman movie, it will, uh, it will make money, no matter how good or bad the story is. <laughs> then uh, reports surface that Ben Affleck is in negotiations to leave the movie as the main actor.: <laughs>
0: What?: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear that, actually. Yeah.
1: That once, that. Uh, it was stated on, on, on the Collider podcast. Collider movie oh, podcast. Right. Oh. Uh, then Matt Reeves was signed on as the new director. Uh, negotiations have been dropped because of some um, allegedly because of the, the the tone of the negotiations. And now Matt Reeves is back aboard, and the whole Ben Affleck dropping out thing uh, hasn't been heard from again. So, what's up with that movie? And what does what the what does this say about the the state that the DC movies are in? Because then you have uh, the Rock uh, playing um,
0: Black Adam, right?
1: Yeah, and he's you know having him in in a villain role as, as Black Adam is is interesting, but as the as the having such a a, a charming personality uh, embody. Uh, embody black adam w- what does this say about the the rest of the of the dc universe well while marvel is uh treating their villains rather rather bad i i i might mean say. like
0: marvel's villains are not very memorable yeah
1: they are great they, they, they put they, great actors in the role but they don't give them uh enough space to shine or or uh, a decent enough storyline uh yeah to shine
0: yeah, I, I read a really interesting article talking about how because of the serial nature of Marvel's movies, their, their villains can't be too good. Yeah. Because they're designed to be just an obstacle along the way in a much larger tapestry. And so that, that, that that's why Marvel doesn't have a really awesome villain. Because they're all designed to be like, eh, you're yeah, just one obstacle on the way on a much larger road. Yeah, but the problem they is... Oh, sorry they i was going to say i mean so what that means is they 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 can't actually be forceful enough against the heroes because the heroes have to overcome them
1: yeah yeah but you know every 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 major Mar- uh, marvel villain died i've recently rewatched age of ultron and even sim no not simo um the other german actor Strucker dies in gets killed right. by by ultron in in age of ultron and i thought that's one of the major foils of uh, for, for Captain America and even um computer hat guy uh computer hat guy yeah 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 um the no, how's he called another uh, classic captain america villain who's you in the comics portrayed as a robot with the face uh with the face anim solar yeah oh solar dies yeah. in 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 uh, gets blown up uh, allegedly
0: in did he back himself up somewhere else though? <laughs> hopefully,
1: hopefully he had a Dropbox account linked to, <laughs> to the compound.
0: Hopefully, it wasn't a free account, it was a paid <laughs> yeah. for, because I don't think he would fit on the free account. <laughs> well, we
1: don't know about compression because you know they managed in Rogue One to get uh, the data from from a big hard disk onto, uh, onto a flash drive <laughs> the... <Yes. laughs> or uh, a true enough. Card. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's great yeah yeah
1: you know thinking but, about uh i'm sorry
0: no no no. i mean we're just going down that that same path right i yeah. mean um yeah it's true they have so i mean we've kind of veered off the rails a little bit going into into marvel territory again but yeah. um it, it usually happens the other way usually when you're talking about marvel movies you end up talking about how bad the dc movies are but now we're kind of the other way but yeah it's it's going to be interesting to see like once they finish this whole Thanos storyline with, uh, culminating in the in, in infinity wars, um, what's going to happen next. And I think, I don't know if they've, maybe they've started thinking about that now, but yeah, yeah. there's still a lot of characters they can draw from yeah. in the universe. Though, so it's just the big classic ones haven't been so memorable so far.
1: Yeah. And I, I hope we don't get into, uh, heroes versus heroes territory that seems to uh, perpetuate the comic storylines uh, at the moment because you had civil war two and now the Inhum- oh, the inhumans are fighting the x-men x-men yeah, yeah. and that's uh sad because the the, the villain roster in the marvel universe is is amazing as well as in the dc universe because to to get back at at the rock putting him into the role of of black adam is is a great choice because i think he can uh he can bring out the the vulnerable, the vulnerable side of of that mm-hmm. character because he's not uh, Black Adam. Is, is a very uh, has become a rather grey figure, comparing him yeah. to the to the starts. It's just a the the anti uh, Captain Captain Marvel or Shazam. He's Shazam now.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just interesting when you say that Black Adam has become a grey figure. Just the the play on colors. Oh yeah, um. <laughs> and the
1: green light <laughs> um,
0: as well. <laughs> yeah, just. You know, uh, it's interesting. I think DC, well, who 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 knows what's happening at the DC side. But if they can manage to really put the focus on the villains as a counterpoint to Marvel, which puts all their focus on the heroes and is building that huge hero tapestry, um, having interesting, potentially vulnerable, uh, I guess you can say emotionally vulnerable and sympathetic villains will be really cool. Yeah from a storytelling point of view, like that's the best villains are the ones that, you know, um, are iconic, but also relatable on some level or, you know, scary. And I, I was reading, um, uh, a book on screenplay writing, uh, called story. I think it's by Robert McKee. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but one of the things that he was talking about in terms of crafting villains is trying to make, you know, the villain generally in a story doesn't see itself see him, him or herself as the villain, right? They're trying to achieve something. Um, and I think that's kind of, from a comic book point of view with the Marvel movies, they've the, the villains have tended to be, yes, we are trying to take over the world. And, you know, it's all very, um very comic book villain. I think if DC can manage to make their villains less villainy and more kind of relatable, and p- potentially that's where The Rock can come in as Black Adam yeah. and actually... Show a villain that's you know who sees himself as a hero and is trying to do something good, but it's just not the right way. That can be quite a powerful movie, or quite a quite a powerful story.
1: And just think of it: if they cast Michael cena as as Shazam, <laughs> then
0: we can then we can just watch. We're just watching WWE at that yeah. point, aren't we? I mean, <laughs> yeah.
1: But wouldn't that be amazing? No, yeah, th- that would be re- really sad because uh, I think Batman is a is a, a figure that could be uh, seen as a as a villain and as a hero as well because at the end of the day he is a a, a vigilante who's uh, punching uh, mentally challenged personalities mm-hmm. <laughs> and and locking them them up afterwards and losing Ben losing Ben Affleck in that role would be a, a, a very great loss for the cinematic DC universe.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the potential of Ben Affleck as Batman has yet to be realized, yeah. you know. Um we got a glimpse of what it could be in Batman v Superman, and we it was kind of Batman v Superman was kind of like a trailer for like a larger story that is yet yeah. to come. Um and so, you know, what we've seen in that trailer of what Ben Affleck could be as Batman and Bruce Wayne, I think is really interesting, but we didn't really get any depth to it. It was yeah. all very surface level like Again, get It's just Zack Snyder's style. It's just like, there's no actual scenes, you know, they're all just really cool. Um, I mean, r- really cool moments all strung together yeah. <laughs> with with a, with a semblance of a story. It's kind of like, it's, it, it's almost like visual porn, you know, it's just like <laughs> excuses to get from one point to another. He's like, Oh, this would be really cool. And that will be really cool. But how do we, how do we connect those two things together? Uh, I don't know. Randomly, you know, just do it. <laughs> Just put it
1: in there Um, in the in the justice league trailer that was shown at comic con last year uh i thought it was it was funny to see uh you know ben affleck play a straight-faced bruce wayne slash batman but putting um uh, how should i put it they they've turned around to context so all that that straight-faced Batman-isms, uh mm-hmm. come off uh, as as uh, as fun or, or cheesy. You know when when he when he's confronting Aquaman yeah. or in 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 the scene with Wonder Woman uh, with Wonder Woman uh, he, he said he 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 agreed or he reluctantly agreed or something. <laughs> well, he mm-hmm. says something like that and that's you know that's something that Batman would say but in the in the context of assembling the Justice League it just sounds it it sounds fun because we know Batman will be right in the uh, Aquaman will yeah. join the ju- the Justice League, but in this moment it's only it's only him because he has a a, a plan <laughs> at, at work and he just uh, feels uh, out of, out of place.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a very the interesting thing. He's he's very awkward. <laughs> yeah. And I think the Lego Batman movie talks about this a little bit. It's effectively he's kind of like I only work alone. You know, and now he's trying to put the Justice League together. He's, I think, I mean, technically, and I don't know who actually put the... Was it Batman that assembles the Justice League in the first place? Or, did, or do they all just come together?
1: I think they, all... they come together to defeat Starro? Was that the first Justice League comic? Oh,
0: really? I mean, I I'm a... So. Oh, wow. I'm going off uh, Justice League War, which is the animated movie. And in that one, too, they just come together, right? Uh... And the, the interplays when they meet each other, uh, for the first time is really cool. You know, like the first time green lantern meets Batman. Yeah. He's just like, uh, green, green lanterns. Like, wait, are you just a guy in a suit (laughs) effectively? You've got like, you're not bringing anything to the party. He's like, I'm Batman. Um, so it's weird that the guy who, who's all about, like, I work alone and I am the night, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. is <laughs> trying to be funny and bring these people together. So that doesn't quite gel. Like, it's not as convincing. It'll be cooler if it, I don't know, it'd be cooler to me if it was Wonder Woman, for example, now that, you know, in the context of this Justice League movie, that Superman's dead, that it's Wonder Woman, uh, at least there, or helping, because she's much more personable yeah. than he is, and I can see what she's saying. By, I think he's doing an interesting job, like um, as Bruce Wayne, being the Batman, being the the, the serious Batman from the comics and um, from what we know is of Batman, and saying those kind of lines that only Batman would say. But it does come off a little bit over the top when you do, when it's a real life person saying it.
1: Of course. You know? uh... I am the knight you know,
0: five yeah, five well, even the whole thing with like you know with his with his justification for going after Superman, which also like didn't make any sense, um <laughs> like if there's a one percent chance that he's gonna be evil, we have to take it as an absolute certainty, it's just like that's the stupidest logic ever, you know yeah, but it's, the it's best not
1: a line in that it, movie if you it's a one
0: percent ch- i mean he delivers it with conviction, I yep. mean Ben Affleck can really brought it at that point, you know, he delivered the line well. It's just a stupid line. Like, obviously, I, I think actually, um, I think I read that Batman v Superman actually won like worst screenplay at the at the Razzie Awards, or was nominated for worst screenplay at least.
1: It won four Razzies, I think.
0: Oh, really? So the yeah. Razzies already finished? Okay, cool. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, so back to so, what do you think is going to happen now? I mean, is he going to drop out? I mean, I, he 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 definitely dropped out of directing, and I think like practically, I think there were concerns around. Can he actually direct while he's in the bat suit? Because that thing obviously is going to limit ability and vision and everything. Yeah. So,
1: and I think that's the wisest move he could have made. Because as much as I'd like, <clears throat> sorry, as much as I'd like to see a, a Ben, a ben Affleck directed Batman movie, I think he needs full focus on the job of the director.
0: Yeah, because as you I said, would prefer, yeah, I would prefer if he had full focus as a director because he's clearly a very good director. Yeah. It's just—it's just the conundrum then. If he's also Batman, <laughs> it's like you're gonna have to choose. And visually, I think it just would be weird if they put someone else in the in the in the suit now. Yeah. So, getting another director that makes sense.
1: Matt Reeves directing it is a good choice because I I, I think that Affleck uh, still has a vision for the movie and he's still uh, gonna have a lot. Uh, I think he'll put a lot of weight into the creative uh, decisions made. Yeah. Uh. So I I think if if affleck stays on and they get a good script it could be uh it could become a a, a good batman movie
0: right um so remind us what matt reeves has done before this
1: cloverfield and the second planet of the apes movie or the second reboot movie are the first things that come to mind and i i i liked uh, the the second apes movie
0: and Cloverfield, I've not seen it, but it's supposed to be really good as well. A Cloverfield, I mean, is a, it, in terms of direction, yeah, anyway. for
1: what it is, it's 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 well made, it's well put together, and I, yeah. I I think you know it's it's there are basically then two directors on board, if, if uh with with Affleck, uh, I think it's going to be an, um, an interesting thing, like like comic books, you know, writer and artist, if they both have uh, a say in in the. Or enough to say in the finished product, and can riff mm-hmm. off one another. Something amazing can come out of it. I think. Yeah,
0: and I think that's going to be the key. I think finding finding a partnership that actually works well for both of them, and it's not just one person just uh, you know putting all of their ideas in, and the other person feeling that <laughs> they're they're not being heard, and then it ends up being crap. Yeah. And or one person putting in too many ideas, and the whole thing doesn't make sense. Sense. Enemy, <clears> yeah. Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, cool. So that's where it's at now, right? So Matt, Matt Reeves is back on because he yep. was off for a while, but now he's back, he's on, back on to to direct Ben Affleck uh, is still the Batman. He's still
1: in the chair. Yeah. Or in, the, <laughs> still in, in the, the chair, in the
0: cowl and the cowl. Yeah. And, and we can all hope because the, the, pro- the production dates haven't shifted. So it's still due out. Does it even have a, it's a release date, actually?
1: No, I don't think so. I think it's planned for 2018,
0: right? Which means they have to start filming soon, I mean, yeah, because it, it's at least you know six to nine months of filming and then a couple months of post post production.
1: So. Yeah, and who knows uh, how far they are in pre production at, at this I mean, point?
0: Pre <laughs> production seems a mess. If the director is yet to even be signed on, yeah, because that's what happened. I mean, that's why um, you know we we saw that play out with um, The Hobbit, right? So Benicio del Toro, was it Benicio? Well, del Toro, one of the del Toro. Uh, I can't um, remember if was Benicio or Guillermo.
1: Guillermo, yeah.
0: Yeah, Guillermo del, del, del Toro. Um, dropped out and Peter Jackson had to take over, but then all of the pre-production, they, like there wasn't time to do pre-production because shooting was about to start. Um, and then that resulted in just the end of The Hobbit being a mess. I mean... <laughs> Everyone's. If you haven't seen it, the, the 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 bonus on the on the DVDs, talking about how the end, like the Battle of the Five Armies, was actually filmed. Have you seen that? No. Nope. With the with the commentary, it, I, I think there was a clip of it on YouTube. Peter Jackson had no idea how to orchestrate and what was going to happen <laughs> for the Battle of the Five Armies, and literally, people were like, they had all the extras, they had everyone on set. And Peter Jackson would just send everyone, all right, everyone take like an hour break. And he would just wander around trying to work out how is this scene going to happen? Like they had no pre-planned. There was no, uh, like no storyboard or anything. And there's like actual video footage of Peter Jackson, like sitting in the middle of where they were going to film, just thinking, how are we going to do this?
1: You know? and Yeah. Think about it. The levels of stress he must have endured at that moment, oh. and the amount of talent one has to have—if you tell, now you have like pre-meditated footage that almost with which uh, you can you can animate storyboards and stuff—and he, he he shot the climactic battle on the fly.
0: No, was, seriously, that's, amazing. That's what happened. It was literally on the fly. Because I think at one point he like tells the um the the second unit directing teams and stuff. Just just film battle sequences. We'll cut it together later. So they didn't know what was actually going to happen. But let just film the, the battle sequence and we'll, we'll put the story together later. And that's why the end of The Hobbit is kind of like unmemorable and a bit of a mess. I mean, I, I guess if you watch it not knowing that, you'll think, yeah. eh, it's a bit of a shitty ending. But, you know, I, I, I understand, I guess. Oh, I, I get it. But when you see the actual story, you think, wow, there's a lot of missed opportunity for how cool that could have been if he'd had time to think about it. So uh, and, you know, sh- just shows you how important planning is when, when you've got a multimillion dollars movie, movie yeah. or any
1: movie. But it it also shows or, or it reminds me how how underappreciated the whole, you know, even even Hollywood movies are because even a bad Hollywood movie has at least two to three years of works of, of hard work uh, in it. Yeah, and there are a lot of talented people are uh, uh, working working on that because I've watched the the Doctor Strange bonus matter recently and watched the uh, the movie with the director's comments because oh, right. I I felt bad for taking such a big shit on the on the, on the movie when it when it came out I <laughs> thought I'd give it I'd give it a try and you know it 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 didn't make me like the movie more but uh, hearing all the the labor and, and, and in enthousi- and enthusiasm that was put into into the movie um. We feel even worse for, for, for not liking it as much as everybody else did.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, I mean it's a team. It's a massive team team effort. I am think at the end of Days of Future Past, and they say that like one thousand five hundred people were employed yeah. in the making of this movie. Like it's a it's an army. I mean, it literally does, especially for those big big budget ones um and then like i'm sure a thousand of those 1500 were um special effects artists anyway you know that's just such a massive part of it now but yeah i mean you know you can't it's it's a shame sometimes that you end up blaming one or two people if the movie falls apart and usually it's the director yeah. <laughs> but um everyone has to pull their weight and i think most of the time the backstage artists clearly do it's just when it comes down to like editing and directing sometimes yeah. from an actual storytelling point of view, uh those things tend to tend to make the thing fall apart. So yeah well. So I guess we're we continue to be where we always are with the D C movies and now with Batman specifically, hoping for the best.
1: Best, yeah. We're we're really worried.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, uh positive. I I guess Wonder Woman is due to be out soon. So hopefully yeah. nothing, you know, we aren't gonna get any um Massive bad news just ahead of that <laughs> release. So hopefully, Warner Brothers is probably trying to keep a tight a lid as they can on that, and then just release the movie. But hopefully, so that's you know, so so we're still feeling positive about that. Cool. So what else is happening in the movie world? Looks like Avatar Two is about yeah. to start production.
1: Yeah, I've I've stumbled upon upon those uh, this news uh, or, or this news headline because James Cameron is obviously writing. Obviously, sorry. Uh, allegedly writing avatar 5 at this point in time four or five and you know do we need avatar 2
0: i i mean i thought he's been making 2 and 3 back to back in the last year or so
1: so it should already be be out uh, or, or or filmed
0: i mean yeah i don't know how long it's when did the first avatar come out like, like in it was like 2007 or 2007 yeah <laughs> it feels like so long ago. yeah
1: yeah you know because uh there is uh, a discussion going on if avatar one has some uh have has a cultural impact at all and i think it, it it pushed forward uh in 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 production value and in like like jurassic park did what jurassic park did for cgi uh, avatar did for more sophisticated cgi <laughs>
0: Well, I was going to say. I mean, yeah. Like, what's that next step? I mean, clearly, three D. 3D, but three D has kind of died now. Yeah. I mean, the big tell is that like none of the new TVs coming out at the at CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, had three D capabilities. You know, so as a as a gimmick, um, it seemed to be a bit of a failure. Avatar, the series. I mean, it's been ten. It's almost ten years in between the first movie and what's about to come out. So do people even remember the first one in, in in terms of cultural impact it was great at the time it's still the number one grossing movie of all time, time i believe yeah. yeah yeah but more for the technical spectacle that it was however all the stuff that it showed us back then is like so commonplace now yeah you know i don't know i mean i'm interested to see whether avatar 2 is going to be remarkable enough to take it to the next level like you said you know what's next after even more advanced special effects, you know. I and I, I don't know, um, but it's almost like, do we? I mean, do you care about going back to Pandora? Is that a world you want to go back to?
1: No, not not in this case because I've recently rewatched the first uh, Avatar, and the ending was um, was a uh, a bit much for me. I I think the movie doesn't warrant a a continuation of the of the storyline. At least not not on Pandora, perhaps on another planet, because I think it uh, the, the story of of the humans is much more interesting than that of the mm-hmm. uh, of the and I forgot the name of the alien speed Navi? Navi Navi yeah
0: Navi yeah uh,
1: because they they seem alright with nature and every, everything and if they didn't start an industrial revolution or something like that there is no point in following their storyline but rather following the uh, struggle of the totalitarian regime that Earth is under mm-hmm. at, at, at the moment. I think that that is the more interesting storyline.
0: Yeah, I mean, now that I think about it, you're right. The first one kind of ended with a happily ever after, <laughs> um especially since now that they've kind of like connected with the whole planet, you know, like. Yeah they're like one with everything. It's like almost like reaching we've like reached spiritual nirvana. Yeah. You know? Um what happens next is like well probably not much. They're all just meditating for the rest of eternity. And so following another story on another planet which means that you'd have to leave the Na'vi behind and potentially start somewhere else. It's probably probably going to be more interesting. So I, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really think like how can you make four or five movies out of this? Especially because yep. the first story was just so simple, you know. To me, Avatar was all about the the, the technology and the, the movie making, uh, like the, the technical aspects of making that movie, not so much the story or the characters, because yep. they were all very generic and forgettable.
1: But then it's James Cameron, you know, under every other, he usually does things because he sees something special in there or he sees an an opportunity to introduce something new. And that's the thing that that keeps me that keeps one eye on the on the avatar alarm
0: yeah <laughs> the avatar alarm <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah no no I'm I'm with you there I mean James Cameron is the reason I would watch whatever it is yeah. you know the story itself I mean and so then you know effectively you're it's kind of like a Christopher Nolan movie in that you're going for the director you're not going because you care about the subject matter but uh, you know
1: and he should get uh, or or he he thinks about doing another uh, terminator thing because the rights the rights have been returned to him. Oh right, yeah. So
0: that would be. That, but he's that's something so that's, busy with Avatar.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's something that interests me much much more. I mean, we should let the Terminator franchise die at at some point because I think that two uh, was a uh, a perfect bookend to the to the whole thing. Yeah, and perhaps the the TV shows, the Sarah Connor uh, whatever Chronicles? Chronicles, Chronicles. Yeah, there was a a great ending. I think spoiler they sent john connor into the into the future uh young john connor into the future at the end of the of the series to start the whole thing and i thought there was a that and the ending of terminator 2 was a perfect bookend yeah. for me at least as as a series uh, of movies but then yeah we we could discuss this about we could say this about every big franchise like the alien franchise the predator franchise
0: yeah but mainly when james cameron does it it's the best one so yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um alien covenant actually what did you, so it's, I, I don't know if we've got that on our list of trailers um did you watch that i watched the did trailer you watch the, the trailer
1: but i don't have any interest in the in the alien franchise anymore after um prometheus? prometheus prometheus yeah because that movie was uh it felt below uh what ridley scott can do because i even enjoyed a happy year more uh-huh where we're James Cam- uh James Cameron <laughs> no uh Russell Crowe uh inherits the the wine estate of his uncle in Italy and right. becomes a better person for it. I enjoyed right. that movie more than Prometheus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Russell Crowe drinking wine for 2 hours was was was, was uh, more entertaining. Yeah. No Prometheus was visually interesting I thought but yeah just uh, a, a mess uh for story-wise. So and and like practically you know i mean we've <laughs> i just love that scene where like the ship's rolling towards her and she's running in a straight line <laughs> in the direction of the roll. i'm like come on you know <laughs> so anyway and after uh,
1: she got she she got a, a freshly aborted uh alien fetus oh, uh, I- yeah
0: and, and yeah yeah i mean i think that just So just in terms of like that uh, little preview that they released for Alien Covenant, I, it didn't really grip me. I was like, eh, this feels like it's trying too hard. So...
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, move, move on then. Uh, Dune? Yeah. <laughs> this is like, it's like everything you know is coming back. Yeah. So what's happening with Dune? Uh,
1: Dune got uh, an, a director in... Or the Dune Rebuild found its director in... And I don't know his first name, but his uh, last name is Villeneuve. The
0: person who Villeneuve. Is <laughs> No, wait, that's a, is that a Formula One driver? <laughs> that's a Formula One driver, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm. That's, that's a, a problem.
1: Uh, <laughs> and he directed uh, The Arrival as well. All
0: oh, right, yes.
1: And he's going to take over Dune. And, you know, Dune is. Uh, I've recently started to reread the, the book, the first book and it's such an amazing world with uh, so much possibility and it's it's very interesting because you know as we are becoming a more and more uh computer de- dependent uh, society the the future world of dune abandoned all computers and mm-hmm. is actually employing uh enhanced human beings to take over computation duties yeah you know it's you could there's so much in there you can you can do
0: dune is a, is a very dense story like yeah. there's a lot happening in that um, it's kind of got like a game of Thronesy like family like f- you know families and empires battling each other there's the spice trade <laughs> the spice must flow yeah. there's crazy monsters there's like rebels kind of like I guess you can say the poor people or the peasant class uh, living en- on en- a, enslaved
1: people the, the fr- slave the freemen, people
0: yeah. fighting for their freedom yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's 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 epic.
1: And then you have the whole the, the plans that Alejandro Jodorowsky had for the for the first Dune movie that came out as a as a documentary, which shines a whole other light on the on the whole franchise because there there were some crazy ideas in there that had nothing to do yeah. with the original Dune, but preserved the the feeling of uh the feeling of the book, uh, yeah. some of the because when uh, the thing was when i read the book for the first time it almost felt like it really felt like uh, uh like watching it at the cinema right it's just uh, or oh, for me it's so well written that there was an an actual movie running running in my head in your head yeah and i know it was So easy. i mean
0: it it's written in a like cinematic way almost. yeah
1: ab- absolutely and it's 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 easy to follow even though the, the story is, is so vast, the scope is so vast, uh, the, the story is easy to follow, the motifs are, are easy to follow. only is yeah. just a, a good book if you, if you take the time to get into it.
0: And the design of it, the design of that world is very different to stuff that we've seen yeah. before, right? Like, I mean, like you were saying, so, you know, in terms of like augmented humans being the computers, there's a lot of weird stuff. Uh, and almost some sometimes, kind of gr- grotesque stuff in the way that world is set up. It's set up, yeah. That feels a bit like it's creepy. Yeah. Which is part of what I and part of what I enjoyed about it. Part of also why it's like eh, this This kind of makes me feel weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's just um, you know the, the the Baron Harkonnen, he's just a he's a person you love to hate. He's just <laughs> one of those perfect villains.
0: Yeah, and it, it, it's it's very much like uh, you know the the way I would. The way I thought about it, it's kind of like all of the, uh, it's kind of like what we were like in ancient Rome, only now with like super advanced technology. So it's a very brutal, uh, carnal kind of world, um, except, you know, it's intergalactic, well, or it's interplanetary at least. So that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. So definitely worth checking out. And I think, um, so the movie's just got a director. Denis Villeneuve, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I'm pronouncing the the, I think it's French correctly. So we've got so obviously filming has started yet. So we've got about maybe a year and a bit to catch up on reading it before the movie comes out. Comes out, yeah. Or, or so, do you think moment. it's going to be closer? I mean, do you, do you know if, if the vision so far is going to be closer to the books, or are they also going to do the um their own interpretation? I don't know because the because the. The, the the books are so big that it's kind of hard to do the whole yeah. thing, right? Yeah. But
1: then uh, I thought about I thought about that too because there's a um, there was a three part or four part TV show on like 15 years ago. Um, yeah, that's the last time I saw it actually. Yeah, and that one was already um, it was good but not perfect. And I don't know if there is an, an if you if you follow the story to. Uh, to close if there's a jumping on point for a franchise or to split up the first book into into more movies yeah i'm I'm kind of I worried about that about finding a place to make a clean cut if the whole thing doesn't work out
0: i mean because because well that's the trend right now isn't it is that yeah. are they making a movie or are they trying to build a cinematic universe so legendary pictures i think is the yep. one that's um making this so do you know which studios involved? So, Legendary would have to partner with like Warner Brothers. Or, yes, I'm I sure. don't.
1: I don't know which studio is is in the mix. But then, I just, right. You know, it just made me. Uh, it just made me think. You could, if you, if you branch it out into a franchise, because Dune would lend itself to become not as big, but uh, an equal to Star Wars with all the designs. There are some, oh, yeah. some really cool toys in there. If you, if you make it right.
0: Yeah, but it's very. I mean, it's kind of like an adult version yeah. of Star Wars, right? Because I mean, Baron Harkonnen as an action figure would probably be give people nightmares. But
1: there is there there are <laughs> I think there are prototypes out there. Uh, <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, I think uh, is it uh, Jesse DiStasio, uh, the guy from Toy Pizza who owns them. He owns some some prototypes. He owns a a is it G- uh, Garnet who was played by Patrick Stewart in the original uh, movie. He showed up. Oh, really? That that prototype, yeah. Uh, in, wow. In the, uh, look up toy pizza on YouTube. All right. Uh, <laughs> to see what the toys could have looked like.
0: Because that's the thing. I think a lot of the cinematic universes are all about the extended merchandising potential. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Whereas if you're going to do Dune, like it, ha- it's a dark, it's a dark, scary, brutal world. You know.
1: Yeah, but I think you could. I guess you could. I, I'm sorry. You could work this. Up for a for a wider audience audience. Because yeah. if you think about it, Star Wars is exploring a lot of the darker uh, alleys of the of the Imperial tyranny in the extra material and Dune could could do that too.
0: All right. Maybe they could have Netflix series that goes into the darker depths of <laughs> of what's going, going on. on, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Cool. So that that's Dune. So something else to look forward to. And then I've not heard of this one. So you can reveal the secret. It's, yeah. it, it's a question it's not a rumor right it's a question it's
1: a, it's a question could marvel be working on a on a namor movie because wow. uh there's bus around uh the island where aquaman is being shot on on hawaii i think mm-hmm. that a uh, rival production is setting up camp there as well
0: wow okay so first so tell us who's i say namor but who is namor namor
1: uh the or better known as the submariner he is the ruler of atlantis in the marvel universe with the twist that um is his father is his father a human being or what his or was his mother uh, a human he's yeah, basically not,
0: yeah because he was a, he was thought to be a mutant at one point. yeah
1: yeah the, the, the first mutant and he was recently or oh. uh, recently a few years ago killed and is now being resurrected in the Marvel universe, yeah. in the in the comics at least. And he's a very uh, he's a very interesting figure because you know he started out as a, a Fantastic Four villain, uh, mm-hmm. and and later and and ally as well because he's a uh, he's a, he's a he's a rather troubled figure. I, I I don't know how else to put it because you know Imperius Rex he puts the. He puts his people first, but he also knows yeah. that he has to live in, in harmony with the land dwellers.
0: Yeah, uh, I think he is effectively a more badass Aquaman. Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> so, he absolutely
1: absolutely. Is. Even if he's got wings on his on his ankles.
0: On his, which doesn't make sense for a submariner. I mean, if he's underwater, why does he need wings on his ankles? So he can fly,
1: <laughs> because he can fly on land. <laughs> can
0: he? I think uh, Namor could, uh, um, last time I saw Namor, I mean, cause yeah, the last time I saw Namor wasn't like Avengers versus X-Men, but, um, he is, he's, so he's the, he's the king, right. Of yep. Atlantis. Um, he puts his people 1st He's got a very like adversarial relationship with the land, <laughs> I would say. And, in the stories that like the recent stories that I've read with him, he has not blinked and he has, he's wiped out entire cities. Uh, I think he took out, um,
1: he was at war with Wakanda.
0: Yeah. So he's a and he took out Wakanda, right? So, I mean, it's really interesting because Black Panther, the King of Wakanda is both a King and a warrior. And so is Namor. Um, but Namor having the power of the ocean effectively, because he's got that very similar power set, I believe like, like, telekinetic yep. or teleoceanogenic <laughs> control of like the, the water and stuff. But, and he's not afraid to use it. And he generally will just, <laughs> he will, he, he's not afraid to kill if he has to. And it's, it's different. I mean, Aquaman tends to be the butt of jokes when it comes to the Justice League. Like he's, everyone makes fun of Aquaman. He's like, he's a laughing stock of the Justice League. Whereas like no one laughs at Nemo. No. He's like, He's the one that everyone's afraid of, <laughs> so it's really interesting the way they've positioned those characters. And I quite like Namor, just like just in terms of just how bad he is. Like
1: he's, is, an, a, he's I, an amazing figure. And if they really include him into something, like in the Inhumans show that's coming up,
0: mm-hmm. I saw a headline that yeah, I don't know what's going on there. What was that about
1: the Inhumans TV show? Yeah, yeah, I think- no, 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 like
0: that. I I, that, I know that there's Inhumans tv show yeah but that nemo was going to be in it
1: oh no i i thought uh he uh nemo would be a nice addition to the show
0: oh right right, right,
1: okay Uh, (laughs) or uh, he could he could work in it i mean there are no i don't know anything about uh potential storylines for an inhuman tv show
0: they were gonna i mean they're in the agents of shield right the inhumans already yeah yeah. So there's going to be another spin-off show? Or is, yeah, like, is that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.?
1: No, no, there's going to be a, a dedicated Inhumans TV show. Um, how, how is he called? Ash from, um, from Vicious. And he was in, in Game of Thrones also. But I don't know how he's called in Game of Thrones. He has been cast as Black Bolt. All right. Uh, Ramsay? Asshole Ramsay? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Ramsay Bolton? Bolton, yeah. He's called in... Uh, he's the Bastard of cast, Bolton. Yeah. He's been cast oh. as Black Bolt.
0: Uh, that actor is super good and super creepy. Like, yeah, uh, he was in a show called Misfits as well. It's a British British TV show. Uh, if you haven't watched Misfits season one and two, brilliant, brilliant TV.
1: I've seen. I've seen the first season. I haven't seen the second one.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's no, good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, watch
1: He's him in Vicious done. as well if you want to see him as a rather funny character. Oh really? <laughs> He's really that's playing not, against that's type. That's not a the side
0: of him I've seen. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, I can't, can't remember his name, but, um, that, I, I, you know, that will be quite interesting actually. Black Bolt's a weird character because he doesn't ever talk. Yeah. And so it's, it going to be, be amazing. acting without dialogue.
1: And it was neat when I told Susie, because we watched uh, Vicious together and I told her, Hey, Ash has been called as Black Bolt. And she says, well, I wonder he'll, uh, how he'll do without uttering a line of dialogue or only yeah. talking about it, uh, only opening his mouth when, when she's going to get down.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, mean, as Ramsey Bolton, he had some, he was, he was so creepy and so awful, you know, (laughs) as in like being awful. It was, it was great. Uh, And he had some great lines as well, just the way he would taunt people. He'll be really, I mean, as an actor, it's a great challenge, I guess, to play a character that doesn't actually speak. Because every time, every time Black Bolt actually does open his mouth to say something, he effectively creates a annihilation wave that destroys everything around him right so
1: there's such a great moment in infinity in that marvel event from a few years ago when he destroys uh, new etilen when thanos uh, comes over yeah and he's just whispering well not really fuck off but like you're gonna you ain't gonna get shit from us and he destroys the yeah. whole city
0: with a, yeah. with a few words with, with a whisper yeah, I know, it's cool. Um, and Black Bolt, I mean, from a Inhumans point of view, Black Bolt is the king. So he's, he's the like king. the, the ruler slash king of um of the Inhumans. So it'll be interesting to see how they position that because there's a lot they can do with it. But uh, hopefully they, they don't make it like a really B-grade kind of show. No, I don't It think needs so. to be. To me, like I imagine Inhumans being like at Game of Thrones level, you know, like with the families involved, with the politics with the fact that there's all these warring factions uh, or people vying for 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 power, yeah, it's, there's a lot of potential. And
1: we see what's happening with Agents of Shield, which could be That's... a much better show. Yeah, I stopped actually... watching that.
0: Yeah, me too. So, yeah, I'm so <laughs> it doesn't sound like we're both missing anything. No. So if we are, tell us. But I think, um, yeah, I'm kind of over Agents of Shield.
1: She is not even a thing in the in the main Marvel Cinematic Universe anymore. So. Who cares? Yeah. Who
0: cares? (laughs) Oh,
1: that that came out of (laughs) the high show.
0: Well, that's pretty much why I stopped watching it. I'm like, well, if the show no longer has any interaction with the cinematic universe, because of the way that Marvel and Sony, not Sony, uh, Marvel and Disney have restructured that side of things where Kevin Feige, now he's his own fiefdom and doesn't have to worry about interacting with the show and the show can't interact with him. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I, you know, only have so much of attention bandwidth to pay, <laughs> so I'm, I, I had to cut Agents of Shield out, unfortunately. But again, didn't sound like it was really going anywhere. And as interesting as the Inhumans were, it didn't look like the kind of Inhuman story I was interested in seeing. So, gone. So, all right, let's change tack a little bit now because uh, we had a little bit of a, I don't know, is it called, is is it a, drum bop, <laughs> drum bop, <laughs> bomb drop, brain fart. I don't know what happened there. Uh, Something amazing <laughs> happened. <laughs> Something, yeah, because I, mean, I was trying to say like a bit of a dropping over the bomb when it came to the Star Wars title. So, do you want to take us through what, what happened there?
1: Yeah, of course. The German title for, or the international title for Star Wars Episode VIII, uh were uh, revealed and because I'm the resident German expert on the show, <laughs> I could make out that uh, the Last Jedi refer uh, to Jedi in the plural sense because the German title is the Letzten Jedi, and Letzten makes it plural.
0: Wow, because that was that was the um, that was the mystery of the English title was. Yeah. It was called The Last Jedi, but we didn't know whether that was one Jedi or many Jedi Jedi, because in English, Jedi would be the one that is plural, but the singular and plural of Jedi is Jedi. It's like sheep, one sheep, many sheep, one Jedi, many Jedi, right? So it's interesting now that we've got that problem solved. So it's not that there's one Jedi left, that there are, these are the last of the Jedi, effectively.
1: But then... A colleague of mine pointed out that uh, the Return of the Jedi was referred to in German as, um, as die Rückkehr der jedi ritter which would have made it uh, also, which would uh, put uh, the plural in the Jedi in Return of the Jedi. Right. Yeah, but that was uh, 30 years ago, so I don't know how much, how much thought went into the translation of the title.
0: So in, in the return of the Jedi in German, was that specifically plural? Like is there a way to say the return of the Jedi with a singular Jedi in German? Yeah. Or would it be pretty much the same?
1: Yeah. Uh because the the article used for the for the Jedi was the uh, was the plural article.
0: Oh. Interesting. Yeah. So I mean I, I get what you're saying by 30 years ago. Did did people really study this in this much detail? As they do now.
1: Yeah, and there was a lot of, of brainwanking um from from my anti colleague's part that went into into that comparison. Right. So who knew if we wound over com- complicating things at that moment.
0: Technically, though, right, after the return of the Jedi, Luke goes on to train other Jedi. Yeah. So you could say that, you know, his return signals the return of the Jedi as a plural, as a group. Unfortunately... Kylo Ren shows up after that <laughs> and kills a whole one kills a whole lot of them. So it's interesting now that potentially, you know, you could it could still conceivably make sense in that Luke was the first of the next set of Jedi and hence it's the return of the many Jedi, but that didn't quite go to plan. <laughs> and yeah, now, we and have now we have the last of those Jedi, <laughs> you know. I mean, I don't know how many of them actually became Jedi because it's like you need to actually achieve J- Jedi status, right? So yeah. You need to go through your um, apprenticeship <laughs> Padawan for a while, and then you graduate to become a Jedi. So, are there other graduates? Is the question right? So, Rey has just picked up a lightsaber and she's starting on the path. So, technically, I guess you could say she's a Padawan unofficially.
1: And you know, you have to be alive to be considered a a Jedi. And you know, Kylo took care of that. So, who knows? Yeah. Who knows if if Anybody else escaped uh, the carnage? And at what stage yeah. of of his his train, he he escaped. He or she escaped.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's an interesting one. So there's potential that there's. I mean, <laughs> it, it could also mean that Luke and Ray are the last two. Yeah, yeah. Who I mean, knows? Because plural, you don't know. It's it's just two or more, right? Yeah. So there could be ten, or there could be just the two. So. But ten months. Yeah,
1: or less than ten months left until it's theaters
0: just wait and see
1: yeah we have to see this one out
0: yeah okay well that's that's interesting but you know if you uh <laughs> let's see if the german actually clears it up maybe that's the that's the uh, l- 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 linchpin of their entire marketing franchise <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we have to translate this into german oh my god oh my god how, how is all our like? mystery going to be revealed
1: <laughs> those damn right. german and their exact language <laughs>
0: So all right so do, do we want to flick to to trailers then you know in terms of just staying on the on the yeah. uh, on the movie theme and then we'll segue into TV via trailers so the most urgent upcoming thing is Logan do you have your tickets yet
1: no no i'm not i'm not even sure if i'll be able uh to watch it with the the workload that's coming up in the right. next few months but i'm i'm making time because uh, all the the preview screening reactions uh reveal it to be a wonderful movie
0: yeah i mean um it could be you know the trend usually is that when when the movies go through those preview screenings they do get super high ratings yeah so like rotten tomatoes ends up being you know in the high 90s if not 100 percent, a lot of the time and then when the movie goes into general release it drops down we don't know whether that's the case for Logan right now. But yeah, it's got like, I don't know, I think the last time I saw it, it was 94, 95%. Yeah, like Overall, that, yeah. though, the reviews have been extremely positive. So very exciting. The trailers, because uh, the last trailer was kind of more of an action trailer. So it's yeah. kind of showed more around uh, kind of what the fight scenes and stuff are going to look like. So that, that looks very, very cool. I do have my tickets. So I've booked in. <laughs> We're actually going to drive out um in to the suburbs of chicago to watch it in a dolby vision cinema oh nice uh because we don't have a dolby vision cinema in the city itself yep. so the closest one's probably about uh 45 minutes away so that's going to be an adventure it's going to be the furthest outside of the chicago city that i've been to go into the suburbs so
1: it would be neat if the suburbs looked like the wasteland from from logan you know just for atmosphere <laughs>
0: yeah i quite don't quite know what to expect but yeah i'll let you know (laughs) i mean i'm from the suburbs of sydney so it's not like i'm like not like you know i'm not a suburbs person or anything since i've been living in chicago my entire life has been within probably 10 minutes of the city center like that's the furthest out i'd go so (laughs) (laughs) it's going to be interesting
1: a culture shock
0: (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so we'll see what that's like but yeah no i'm super excited um i think Huge, Hugh Jackman's last outing, and they said Patrick Stewart's last last yeah. outing, as well. So, it's going to be an end. It's going to be a book end, I think, to the um, to the whole X Men journey that we've been on so far. And hopefully, after this, like, I'm not really interested in any more X Men movies. They just seem to be so all, um, you know, inconsistent in terms of quality and story and what I want to get out of them and the way I see the X Men now. That I just want it to be over. Let it rest for a while, and hopefully, you know, re- reboot with a new creative team after a
1: while i really hope that the the positive reviews uh aren't colored by any um benefits that uh went uh went to the reviewers because uh both actors uh patrick stewart and huge jack huge jackman Jackman, (laughs) uh deserve uh, a proper send-off yeah and it is and you jackman deserves a good wolverine solo movie
0: yeah, for sure. I mean, well, Hugh Jackman, I know, I'm the level of commitment and the and the, the level of, um, I guess, seriousness and effort that he put in over the last, I don't know, what is it, like 18 years yeah. or something? He's been making these movies. Amazing. It's just phenomenal. I mean, who, I, I don't think has anyone else played a character for that long, you know? No.
1: no, no. I mean,
0: maybe, in, maybe in TV, but not, not in the no, movie. No,
1: no, no, not, not in the movie thing. And he defined yeah. the character for so many people. Um, and
0: I think, you know, I was reading X-Men all through, like, um, the 90s, right? Yeah. But I was never a massive Wolverine fan. But seeing how Hugh Jackman played Wolverine made me a Wolverine fan. Yeah. And I was. I was more a Cyclops fan, to be, to, to be honest. Like, during most of my X-Men reading years. Yeah, me too. I was into Cyclops. I don't know. But Cyclops in the movies was just so poor, poorly done in yeah. all its iterations. Uh, and Wolverine obviously stole that spotlight. Uh, it turned me into into a Wolverine fan.
1: Wolverine Nightcrawler. They should have done more with the uh, with the relationship because I love how they work in the in the comic books. Yeah, together.
0: Wolverine. It's, he's got. I mean, again, he's a loner, but he's got the best partnerships. Yeah, like the Wolverine Spider Man stories are awesome. The Wolverine Hulk story is awesome. awesome. Wolverine. Um, like it's obviously him and Jubilee. Him and Shadow Cat. You know, he's got some. He's a great character to partner up with somebody else and just play on the di- that dynamic because yeah. his character is just, he's so Wolverine that other people <laughs> bring out different aspects of him. You know, It's great. <laughs> and I think, you know, they could do something like that. That's probably what's missing, I think, with a lot of the times with the Batman character as well. We've just seen Batman by himself so often being the different versions of Batman that it's getting a little bit old and boring. Um, and one thing that the Lego Batman movie also does very well is it shows Batman's relationship with other people who are on his side because they challenge him and they bring out aspects of his personality that we don't see otherwise. And so I think having a good Robin storyline, because, you know, to be honest, the George Clooney Batman and Robin was just trash.
1: Yeah, okay. You don't Uh, have to be honest about it. (laughs) It it is just trash.
0: (laughs) Trash. But having a good Robin story to counterpoint Batman, because Robin, and again, I you know, Early segue, but I just finished re-watching Young, Young Justice yeah. on Netflix. And it's like so one of the coolest shows, I think, of all time. Robin and Nightwing in that show is kind of like the more hopeful version of Batman. Where, where Batman's all dark and depressing and serious. Robin, you know, sees that side of Bruce, but chooses not to be that. And brings a kind of like light and hopefulness to that world and i think seeing that in a batman movie would be really cool yep. i'd love to be able to see that that interplay whether it's a younger robin or even nightwing who is kind of like a more grown up well he is the 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 grown up version of robin who's decided i need to go on my own path because this path the 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 batman path is not for me um and just seeing that sort of it, it's almost like a um it's a value choice that robin makes about how he's going to live his life uh which which you know shines the light back on batman to say you know these are the choices you've made to be this way and you know the, the lego batman movie brings that out as well which is great
1: and we all, uh, what is forgotten in in popular media or in in in, in modern iterations of of the batman and robin uh, relationship is that bruce takes dick in because well yeah bruce takes uh, richard grayson in uh, because ah. he doesn't want to uh him to end up uh, like him uh, giving giving uh, giving into his trauma as as much as as he did he, he tries to to save that boy from from becoming uh like like him i mean he actually yeah uh he educates him in in becoming more like 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 batman in the end but as you said a more more hopeful version like the the grayson um damian wayne batman and and, and robin duo or, or dynamic in in this case because they are both more wholesome versions of the of the characters that preceded them or the 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 person the person in the costume that preceded their time
0: yeah and it's a great, it's a great, I mean, it, it it follows that, it follows that archetype of a story of like a child stepping out of its parents' shadow. Yeah. You know, and quite quite literally here, yeah, stepping out of the shadow of the bat. Um,
1: casting his own shadow.
0: And casting his own shadow. I mean, because we, we, we saw that, I mean, all of the Robins when they grow up, effectively become their own people, you know. Yeah. They don't just become the next Batman. Like they they, they don't take on, and, you know, they don't take on Bruce's traumas. And by the same token, he doesn't want them to take on his traumas. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's trying to save them to a point, ironically, by putting them in danger, by, <laughs> you know, allowing them to be Robin. But, um, you know, that's just the way that, you know, that's the part where you've got to suspend disbelief to just sort of accept that this dynamic is created because because, you know, he uh, adopted this kid and allows him to be to be a sidekick. But the overall story of the characters is then what they do with that from from that point on. So I think I want to see that like that's the Batman movie I want to see. I want to see more of I want to see more of uh, the Bat family and Bruce being challenged by the people around him because he's got a great cast of villains, but he's got an equally great cast of allies, you know, and they don't play on that quite enough. They've made Batman too singular and too too much of a loner. And it's weird because the only you know one of the best ways to show that someone is a loner is to show how he interacts with other people or how you know he or she interacts with with other people who are trying to help or trying to be on their side.
1: Yeah. I hope they because it was announced that a a nightmare a Nightwing movie could be developed. Yeah, and it would be uh, it would be neat. Uh, and again, please do something to keep Ben Affleck in in that role because. Uh, if they cast the right uh, the right person as as Dick Grayson like Matt Damon um it could be uh, a nice uh, like you said uh, a nice addition to the to the cinematic batman universe and showing an, another side of the character because obviously in the in the DC cinematic universe he had he had a robin and something happened to that robin
0: well yeah and so i mean we all know i mean maybe we don't know but we know the story of Robin in general.
1: Yeah. Or of, of <laughs> right? a, a
0: specific of Robin. So, I mean, that, that's a whole episode in itself yeah. to go over the, the Robin stories. But from if, if they follow canon, that would be the second Robin yeah. who died, which means that the first Robin is now Nightwing. So Dick Grayson's grown up to become Nightwing and is floating around somewhere, which brings me to the second thing is that there was not so much a rumor. I don't know whether it was a rumor or an an announcement, but um, there's plans to make a Nightwing movie. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, I can't remember who the director was, or I can't remember who was uh, rumored to be the director of that. I just,
1: no, I just heard that it's it's being played, that uh, the idea is being thrown around somewhere. It would be amazing if you get the right people, it would make a, a, a great addition. To right,
0: that. yeah, oh, that's right. So it was, um, I think the the Hollywood Reporter was that um, Warner Brothers uh, is planning it with the Lego movie with the Lego Batman movie director.
1: Oh, that's an interesting choice.
0: So Chris McKay, uh, who di- who directed the Lego Batman movie, which is to me, I mean, again, I just said how good Lego Batman was, but that was Lego Batman. I think Nightwing needs to be its own thing, like going with that theme of uh, Nightwing. Stepping out of Batman's shadow and becoming his own man, um, I think the Nightwing movie should not be. It's not Robin, you know. He's yeah. the grown-up version of Robin, so he's not the same kind of fun, naive, um, happy-go-lucky type of Robin that we saw in the Batman Lego movie, or the Lego Batman movie. But you know, it still has that very. He's he's like the hopeful, positive Batman. So I yeah. want to see that that brought to the screen. I, I you know I'm excited. I'm a i like nightwing as a character
1: yeah and there was this um you know when when batman died after the after final crisis and um uh the grayson takes over the batmantle uh i think it's two-face who realizes since when is batman smiling while yeah. uh doing battle and that's just who the who grayson is He's this like you said a, a, a better a better version of Bruce Wayne, he has the he has the skills uh, and the means to do the job, but he's not burdened as much by the traumatic uh, circumstances that brought him into that role as as Bruce is,
0: was. Yeah, because you know, like Bruce and Batman. He's doing what he does. He's being the Batman because he feels that he has to, because he feels that if I don't, who is going to. And I think, you know, that's, that's kind of the logic that plays out in Batman v Superman as well. It's like, I have to stop this because not, if I don't, who, who else is going to kind of thing. Um, and Batman's there, but he doesn't want to be there. He just has to be there. He feels a sense of potentially duty or, you know, still fighting his demons from the past. Right. Whereas Dick Grayson chooses to be there and he chooses and and he enjoys to a point doing it, which is why he smiles, you know? (laughs) And so, yeah, you're, you're right. Like two Face is like, uh, this is not the same Batman that I'm used to, you know, this dude's, this dude's got a big smile on his face. And that plays out with, with the, with the Robin character, like Robin's actually excited, you know, he's like, he's like, this is fun fighting alongside Batman. And that's why Robin's always laughing all the time, you know? So in, in, I think even in the 1960s shows as well, I, I can't remember now, whether was, was it Chris Ward? I can't who it was. Bert Ward, Bert Ward. Bert, Bert Ward, yeah, who was like, Robin in generally, even when you watch like the early Young Justice and a lot of the animated shows, you don't see, like when, when he does the thing where he's going to be like attacking the bad guys or ambushing them, before you even see him, you just hear this childish laughter. Yeah. You know, and then he shows up. It's really cool the way they sort of set that up, and it's because yeah, he's a he's a performer. You know, he comes from this from the circus. You know, he's it's fun and it's you know, it's lots of energy and it's lively. Whereas Batman's dark; he's the shadows.
1: Yeah, it's an it's an act he puts puts on while Bruce is liter, literally. Or, or, Bruce is showing us a part of his personality, or, or Bruce is showing uh, what's 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 left of him after after his parents are killed yeah while while uh he doesn't put on a, a costume he puts on his skin while while yeah. Dick is putting a, on a costume
0: yeah and, and and it's a skin that's like it's it's actually a big scar you know yeah. the bat suit is effectively a big emotional scar that he's wearing on the outside <laughs> so uh, it just got dark yeah <laughs> all right so we kind of strayed back into Batman again. So what else is going on? So we had, I think the biggest thing, I mean, let's just skip to this because it's the biggest thing, yeah. is Iron Fist is coming up, right? Yeah. So I know that you're super excited over that one.
1: I am, I am. And for, for such for such different reasons, because Iron Fist, you know, like I, I put in our little uh, reminder, fucking Iron Fist. Yeah, we, we get a TV <laughs> show of Iron Fist. Who knew? But, you know, the trailers the trailers didn't really sell me. And last Friday or Thursday, there was a feature I released, uh, who is Danny Rand. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, of course they have to introduce the characters. And I think the same, I, I didn't uh, follow the marketing, up, um, the marketing for Daredevil, Jessica Jones, or Luke Cage as closely as I do for, for Iron Fist. So I guess they had some introductory uh, pieces uh, done too on the on the characters. But you know, if if uh, if the Marvel shows are a uh, a group race where you pass a uh, you pass a little stick, how is it called in in English? Um, a relay. Thank you. A relay race. Then I I fear that uh, you know Iron Fist is the character that drops the
0: the stick already. Yeah. Really? yeah. I, is, is is that just from the from the latest trailer? Yeah.
1: I, it could be uh, how the how the trailers are made up, but there are some 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 small things that are bothering me because the, the action looks more like, uh, like a, like a ballet. And of course mm-hmm. they're doing some, some un, unreal, unrealistic martial arts in there. Of course, mm-hmm. because uh, it lends itself uh, to the nature of the series, but never did a punch feel like it is actually connecting with an, an opponent. It feels like they're, they're dancing.
0: I know what you mean. Like it, it looks a little bit like shadow Boxing. Yeah.
1: Like, even the, 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 small clip that it with Colleen Wong fighting those two guys in, in the cage match. Um, yeah, it, it felt like an elaborate, uh, choreography, but not like, I mean, of course, uh, a, a trained martial artist could be, uh, of, 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 her proportions, uh, under the, under the right circumstances is equipped to take out, uh, two guys that are a double hair weight. Um, you know, it felt it felt forced. I I, I didn't feel any 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 uh, sense of, sense of danger for for her for her in that scene. And yeah. this is all promotional material. And perhaps the show will be killing it, and it will be the the best show of the of the four franchises. I'm I'm aware of that.
0: But, I think yeah. yeah. You know what my pro- my diagnosis is yep. that <laughs> I know you're very very excited. <laughs> yeah. And you've probably hyped this thing up so much in your head, and now you're like so worried whether it's going to live up to your hype or not, you know. And that's like your own hype, potentially. Yeah, you know, I sat uh, there
1: in the cinema when when the Phantom Menace came on, and I watched it a second time because I couldn't believe how how I, how much I did not like that movie.
0: <laughs> Back in the- you forced yourself to like you like you like rage watched it for the second time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's got every. Every possibility that it won't be as good, right? I I hope it's good, <laughs> obviously. I'm not... I think the trailers have been okay. I haven't been blown away. I, the thing that I have been blown away with, I think the um, the actual visuals of the fist lighting up looks Amazing. great. I think it looks spectacular. The thing I'm worried about, though, is they've already shown it in the trailer like three times. Yep. How many more times is he going to use it in the show? Because... I'm sure that costs a lot of money to do that animation. <laughs> and they're probably gonna use it sparingly. Like and plus it's not like Power Rangers where he's gonna light up every episode, right? So I don't know. Like have we seen each time he uses it already? You know? I hope not.
1: Perhaps there's um you know, because in the comics it was established that other iron fists Projected the g onto uh like in inan- inanimate objects or used it uh used it to boost their their brain functions, so perhaps mm-hmm. we're gonna see we're gonna see him use the iron fist in 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 other ways too right which would
0: be great you
1: know yeah. power up his iPod because it's think- so old. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that'll be cool it's like, it'll be awesome he's doing he's doing like um wireless charging on his mobile phone by just holding it in his hand that'll be great actually that would be fantastic they need to do that they need to do that i think i'm going in with an open mind my expectations are not so high so i, I just want to see what it looks like um I, I, look i'm excited as a just because it's iron fist you know <laughs> that'd be cool uh but again i I don't know how it's going to turn out. I mean, Finn Jones, I thought was a weird casting choice. Yeah. Because that's like not the kind of, and it's weird, like that's not how I imagined Danny Rand to be. Because I've, I've read, I can't remember the, the writer, but the last Iron Fist comic I read was just fantastic, like visually, and the character was kind of brooding and dark. So ah, the, 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 way, the
1: living weapon by Carrie yeah, Andrews.
0: That's the one. Yeah, that was that was really cool. Um, that's the last one I read. And then aside from that, I know Einfist from the animated, the ultimate Spider-Man yeah. series, right? Where it's a completely different Danny Rand. So D- Danny Rand to me is a bit amorphous in terms of what he could be. I think it comes down to the interpretation of what the show is going to present him as and Finn Jones is a very interesting choice. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I liked Finn Jones as Loris Terrell. Uh, it's kind of like he got locked up in the, in the cells in the, in the Citadel. Um in Game of Thrones, and now he ends up returning as Danny Rand to New York City. Like that's kind of the story in my mind. So I don't know. To be seen. The action sequences look okay, but again, they're just trailers, so they're just really quick cuts. So the previous Marvel shows have had some good action sequences, like those stairwell fight scenes in like um, Luke Cage and I mean Daredevil had some fantastic choreography, I yeah. thought. Um and some of those fights were really brutal. Whether they can bring that here and make it its own thing will be interesting to see. um So yes, yeah, so I'm go- I'm going in with an open mind, which is why I'd like to hear. Obviously, like um, you know, <laughs> I want to hear your reaction to the to the first couple episodes because I think that that's gonna be that's gonna be the the tell.
1: Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> it, it's with the the other Marvel shows as well. Those those first three episodes, I think, or this this first shorter storyline that establishes each each character. Is the, the, the linchpin in, in, in the yeah. in the Marvel shows. Yeah.
0: So alright, so that's the plan, right? So let's um let's watch the first couple episodes and then we'll we'll do like a little mini episode review yeah. <laughs> of what we think.
1: About how good it hopefully will be.
0: Yeah. How awesome it's gonna be. Well, again don't don't over- so my whole thing is I don't overhype it in my head so that I'm not disappointed when I go in.
1: <laughs> it's hard to do.
0: It's, it's it is, really especially when you're emotionally invested in the uh in the in the material so all right so do we want to do a quick wrap-up of what else is going on because time's yep. going to be stretching out soon we've already hit yeah we
1: hit we've we've hit the two hour mark
0: yeah we've hit the two hour mark on our talk i don't know how long we've been recording for i think about an hour and a half maybe cool so stranger things season two so that's in production now right yeah uh there hasn't really been a trailer has there been a trailer yet
1: some some we've, um, we've
0: seen some some shots yeah yeah. I remember. the thing there was one with the kids dressed up as the Ghostbusters. Yes, which is a very interesting reference, based on like, just Ghostbusters in a, is in a weird gray zone in the cultural uh, consciousness right now, <laughs> so yeah. it's a strange reference to put in there. Um, and what else? So we also had a first look at Infinity Wars, So um, they've actually started production, I think, just in the last week or two. Yeah, um, and they put out a show reel. Well, it wasn't even a show reel. It was just, I think, uh, some quick interview. With Iron Man, uh, Star Lord, and Spider Man, so Tom Holland, Ryan Robert Downey, and Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, yeah, and they all look super excited and happy to start the journey. So, but it, it's going to be a long. I think they're going to be filming for the next year or something.
1: Yeah, because uh, I've just uh, I, I've read about how they do Thanos at the moment. That they have uh, a stand-in and Josh Brolin. I think it's Josh Brolin playing him. He does his lines over Skype because seriously, yeah, he can't be. Uh, physically there and and uh the whole production process seems to be that way because you can't get all the actors at, at once so wow everyone's some, just got, skyping in are they yeah, yeah. wow and it's uh, you know uh like we said earlier the, the the level of talent and commitment uh that goes into into productions it's is being put on a test with uh with infinity war
0: from a scheduling point of view in itself, it's going to be a mammoth effort. So the cast is massive. I'm sure these all, all these actors are making different movies and do, they're, they're doing different things in other places. And then with the with the cast that big, everyone's only going to get probably a very small amount of screen time. So you can't have them all in one place to shoot the movie because most of them, like Josh Brolin, will only be needed for like a line here or there. Yeah, You know, and so they'd have to like schedule all the shooting, for which characters are going to be together in which scenes so that they can get those people together at a time. So it's like going to be these batches of scenes, probably all filmed out of sequence, you know, and then they have to come back. And and like that's where the, the movie magic happens in the editing room where they can fit it, and, you know, construct the movie all together after it's all done. Yeah. So they're filming uh, Infinity War one and two back to back. Right. It, so,
1: isn't it? Being compressed into one movie, is Infinity War one movie now?
0: Yeah, I mean, but those those two Avenger movies will be back to back full. Oh, okay, and I think Infinity War is going to be the first one, and then they ha- I think it's untitled or what the second one's going to be. It's knowing if they if they follow Marvel naming conventions, it'll be like Infinity War Aftermath or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Infinity War Two. <II.
0: laughs> yeah, um, so that's cool. That's yeah. you know that's happening, and then Guardians of the Galaxy volume two so that trailer dropped as well in the last couple of weeks so that's that's coming out soon too so exciting times ahead cool so i think that that takes care of all the major trailers anything else happening on the movie or tv front on your radar
1: oh uh, i've uh, after your recommendation i catched up on on riverdale
0: yeah uh what, what do you think
1: it's nice but, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I hope the theory that one person has that e- each... I mean, it's a theory from uh, not somebody who's involved in the production or, or some kind of media uh, thing, but he thinks that each season of Riverdale could be a different uh, interpretation of the Archie franchise. Uh, huh? Yeah, which would be an interesting idea because I think, you know, the, the show is... Um, every time somebody opens uh, his mouth, I, ju- I just... I want, I want to turn it off again because there is some, some horrendous dialogue and uh, the, the, the thing with, oh, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't spoil the show perhaps at this point, but there is a very, uh, a topic that at least I consider a, a, a serious, a serious thing that can't be just let go by um, firing the person
0: uh who, Archie's relationship
1: yeah yeah i think that was played a bit fast what i like about the show is that luke perry is in it because last time i've seen it I okay hold like... on wait
0: did someone actually just say those words
1: yeah you know i haven't heard anything from that guy or i seen anything from that guy since i was like six years on when the first beverly hills uh show yeah. was on and you know seeing him there it's like hey i know like a, oh shit that's luke perry and yeah, <laughs> I really dig him in in that role because he plays the and, and the, the stoic way he plays
0: Archie's dad. I really like the way he's playing Archie's yeah. dad. Actually, I, like I think Archie's dad's coming across as a very sympathetic figure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He he he's the same. He and Chuckhead is the saving grace. And Chuckhead didn't even eat a hamburger uh, hamburger on 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 camera yet. It's only been yeah. mentioned that he likes hamburgers. But I, I see the appeal of the show and and how they're doing it because. It looks great. It's it's filmed great. Uh for me it tries a little bit too hard to be uh, a a cross between um the, the, the Joshua Jackson show Dawson's Creek and Twin Peaks. It, yeah, it tries a bit that? too hard because it comes out like a um um how how is she called? Uh it comes out like a Alana Del Rey music video.
0: Yeah, it's got that very it does have which I think is the Archie influence, right? In the sense that it's got that very Americana feel about it. Yeah. It's trying to it's trying to set itself in the modern age. I mean, you know, there's the topics that they're exploring in the show are very millennial topics. Um, but it's still, they try to throw back to that very Americana old, you know, what the Archie comics were with going yeah. to the diner and having having like milkshakes and that sort of thing. Which is what makes it, which is what gives it that Lana Del Rey Americana vibe. Yeah. Which to me is interesting. I think it's a very, it's a very cool aesthetic. Like, I like the way that looks and feels and just that world that they've created in Riverdale. It's very, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's just the drama, uh, the drama doesn't sit right with me. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean I'll continue I'll I I will continue to watch it because I'm really interested uh in where it's gonna go. Uh, yeah.
0: I think the the mystery part of it is really fascinating. Um I love Jughead's narration of what's going on. Um and I love how um I've I've only think, think I've seen like two or three episodes. Um but how when things happen, it's almost there's a there's a sense of foreshadowing for something uh, down the line uh, where it all comes to a head because Jughead will say things in, in his like voiceover narration of the episodes. That's like, uh, you know, and that one decision caused more problems than anyone would have, would have expected. I mean, I'm obviously paraphrasing and it's not (laughs) with the eloquence that they do it in the show, but um, yeah, like I love that sense of like, this is all a part of a bigger picture and what's playing out now will have consequences later on. And so that's the mystery that um, I want to stick around and see where that goes. Because it feels like someone's put some put a lot of thought into all these characters. Because even, I mean, the thing that impressed me, Jughead in the second episode tends to be quite a, like his his role is becoming more and more important as it goes forward. But he wasn't even in the first episode. Like they did a lot of setup and they took a lot of time to like set up the intricacies of Archie's relationships. And then they brought in Jughead and when they did bring Hinjag Jughead, it puts a completely different dimension on everything you've just learned about Archie's relationships because it that dynamic changes again. You know, it's like, it's really cool the way the show is constructed. I thought it's quite clever.
1: No, it's so. just anyway, the, it'll be
0: interesting to see where it goes. Yeah. If it doesn't go anywhere, I'll be utterly disappointed.
1: Oh, I think they'll have a plan. I, I think there, there there's a plan behind it. Uh, yeah.
0: We can hope. Again, expectation versus reality. Yeah. <laughs> Go in low come out high Hi. <laughs> all right cool and so uh do you want to do a quick comics roundup then
1: yeah because um i've been it's jack kirby's 100 uh birthday Would have come up this year if he was still alive yeah great english today great english uh and uh i was reminded of that because i've read uh the first and second issue of the camandy challenge yesterday which is a comic book dc puts out uh, command is a character created by jack kirby uh which should have been the planet of the apes comic but dc couldn't obtain the license so they told jack right. uh to do to do something similar and he did and a uh, command is set in in a far future where humans are there's a reduced number of humans uh, on the world and they are basically being blasted back into the stone age and animals have taken over or an animal society have taken over wow. Uh, the world and the commander challenge is uh, 12 is a 12 issue uh, comic book series coming out each month and each uh, issue is penned by a different creative team and the catch is that every creative team ends on a on a, on a massive cliffhanger that the next creative team has to solve oh wow and that's pretty cool yeah and the the, the former creative team uh, presents their uh, version of the um, the resolution of, of the resolution in the in the next issue and wow. so far we had uh, Dan Abnett and Dale Eaglesham and Peter Tomasi and Neil Adams on the on the first two issues and they're great especially the Neil Adams issue had me very excited because Kamandi stumbles upon he, he lands in the uh, in the Tiger community, that's led by, I think it's called, uh, his Great Caesar, and he has a uh, a relic chamber. And when they get attacked by the gorillas, uh, the uh, the 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 relics are being uh, brought into battle, we, and we see Superman's cape, uh, Green Arrow's oh, right. bow, uh, and Wonder Woman's shield. And one of the of the birds who are guarding the um, the relics uses batarangs <laughs> nice, and it's so great because Kamandi uh, goes goes there to find something he can use in the conflict. And I don't want to spoil it, but he finds, you know, it's it's presented as this this big artifact with a uh, with a blanket put over it. And I I couldn't see that that thing coming, that they use wow. this okay. special relic. Yeah. Okay. No it it spoilers. really got me riled up. It really got me riled up. And we're getting awesome. because it's the Jack Kirby anniversary year and we already got the First Fantastic Four Artists Edition from IDW Comics in January. We're getting a second one this year in in June. And I I just got the the First Fantastic Four Artists Edition and it's it's great. They I mean with 140, dollars they don't come cheap. For like mm-hmm. six issues of 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 comics, but you get it's presented in the original uh, size that the original art has been drawn up on, and it looks uh, amazing. It's uh, such a shame that it's only available that the original art is only available inked because I mean uh, I think it's uh, Michael Royce who inked him at at Marvel, and right. it looks better than his ink DC work because I also I also have the the New Gods Artist Edition, and yeah, yeah. the the uh, the inking destroyed Jack Kirby's art. Even though uh, right. some some smaller drawing arrows like uh, a bigger eye or or an eye that's too low on the face, has been mm-hmm. has been redone in in inking. It really kills the artwork because it's a it's a it might be a cliche, but and to me Kirby was the quintessential uh superhero artists of course um we 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 can't take out uh, uh the works of, of of uh Neil Adams and and other contemporaries uh Bill Everett comes to mind because we talked about Namo earlier
0: yeah but uh, but, but i mean he just he created the benchmark effectively i mean he's still the reference card that everyone yeah. points to he
1: he wrote uh, how 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 have I, I read it he wrote the um he, uh, he wrote the alphabet with which we we talk yeah. about which superhero toics talk <laughs>
0: no, it's a, it, it's a, it's a great way to put it he create yeah he created the alphabet because we're still using those themes and and and, and, and that iconography yeah. almost um, superhero art that he created yeah. today recently so those, those have endured
1: and recently i've seen the uh, you know the 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 gold uh, the gold plaquette that's on the on this uh, satellite that is going to space uh, oh yeah, yeah. On, on Voyager one. Voyager, Voyager one, 2. thank you. And yeah. uh, Kirby cre- uh, Kirby was asked to draw uh, the uh, the rendering of the humans. Oh right, yeah. I and didn't he- know that. Yeah, and I've I've recently learned about that. And he basically drew a new God version of a male and and a female human being. <laughs> Seriously? That's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> and just shows. And he did it after World War Two, and he must have seen some horrendous stuff there. If you if you because he wasn't liked by his by his superior in the army and was sent on some on some gruesome things and to still see human beings as these uh pinnacles of uh, of life with so much yeah. uh, positivity and, and and because they don't look intimidating they just he he, he rendered human beings as these uh, radiant uh, these radiant yeah. figures
0: so yeah so i mean despite everything he saw in the, yeah. in the in the war he still chose to present the best yeah. side of us to the universe, which in itself is, you know, it's, a, it's amazing. It's and, spectacular.
1: And, you know, his, he, if the Second World War, I mean, if the Second World War wouldn't have happened, uh, we wouldn't have got Jack Kirby comic books, but his uh, parents were Austrian immigrants. Oh, right. Yeah, so, you know. That's Peter, a claim to
0: fame for Oscar. Yeah, yeah.
1: It? <laughs> when I read that in the biography, I, I remember I read the biography over, over breakfast for a couple of weeks. And you know, I just looked up and and told Susie, "Oh my God, his dad was
0: from Austria." You know, he's he's only a the <laughs> generation. Do you generation US do you know citizen. which which town in Austria?
1: I don't know. I don't that, that I don't know.
0: You can look. You can look that one up. I'm yeah. sure. and maybe you know. There's a Jack Kirby um, memorial or statue or something.
1: <laughs> that it would potential. be so great if he comes from my district because he yeah. he if uh, the stories of his uh behavior you know with being being not being uh, afraid of a a brawl or something like that he could come from from my district you know really could be a a favorite
0: the fighting district of austria well well, (laughs) not the
1: only fighting district of austria we have a few of those but you know uh the battlefield you come from is the nicest one (laughs) (laughs) right
0: (laughs) it's my battlefield (laughs) awesome all right cool so um kamadi and the end of so commandee is out now right yep. so that's coming that coming right. out since yep. january and uh the fantastic four artist edition is from is in june so that's the second the one the
1: second one is up in june you can grab the first one now for for the original price because i think there are still some available at at stores
0: cool yeah awesome definitely yeah i mean can't go wrong no jack Kirby, no, absolutely. like we said <laughs> absolutely not um
1: especially with the fantastic four and and commandee that's just the best yeah
0: one of the legends in yeah, the in the comic book yeah. world. Awesome. So that pretty much covers our um, our show notes today. <laughs> for everything we want to talk about, was there anything that you wanted to throw in before we before we close up?
1: Uh, no, because we're running that long. I have a, a topic, but we have to s- perhaps save this up for a for a separate episode. Watching movies uh, on a phone.
0: <laughs> ah, yes. Something well,
1: I, I had a, a maybe.
0: Maybe that's a question.
1: I mean, if <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A question for the audience. Yeah. yeah. Please tell us. Uh, nope. I had a, a discussion with a, with an acquaintance of a colleague uh, because I watch a lot of uh, Netflix on my phone. And he, he, he said, I'm robbing myself of the experience and I'm, I'm insulting uh, to a degree, the people who made this by not watching it on, at least on a TV
0: set, because Do you, so I mean, it, it's an interesting question. Does the size of the screen matter? I mean, do you think they said the same thing when television was created? It's like, oh, you can't, you shouldn't be watching cinema in a TV set. You should be watching it in the theater. You know. I mean, do do do, do you think? I mean, did that question appear before?
1: <laughs> Certainly.
0: I don't. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure. Yeah. Interesting. So if you if you do have any thoughts or ideas <laughs> on. Uh, does watching film or TV series on your mobile device actually take away from the experience or slash I guess which is what your question is Martin is um is it actually a slap in the face or is it disrespectful to the creative team that put it together to what to not get the full experience out of it
1: yeah please please write us at at yeah. at gmail.com if you if you have an answer
0: and or tweet. Tweet. Well, we uh, we, don't, don't tweet. Uh, we, a, have, we Instagram. Yeah,
1: we have an Instagram <laughs> at Asteroids in Exile, and if you write us an email and you're inclined to do so, send us an audio message because that is something that's common about uh, in in German podcasts. Oh yeah, for they sure. include audio messages, so please send us an MP3 of, of your answer if if you want to
0: your answer, question or comment or comment. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, I mean, because I'm just thinking now, like you get people like um, Christopher Nolan and even oh, the pulp fiction guy what's his name
1: uh quentin tarantino
0: yeah just like tarantino they're filming on like 70 millimeter and stuff because they they've got a vision for how how they want their product to be presented you know so if you ended up watching one of those movies on a mobile device you know eh,
1: you're what? ruining yourself what? of a lot of frame Ooh.
0: interesting yeah I'd, I'd i'd like to hear people's thoughts on that one i mean i'm still co- collating my thoughts cuz i didn't think about this before that but Maybe we can we can pick it up next time. If we get some responses from people, we'll obviously play those. Cool. So that pretty much wraps it up for episode two for 2017. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you've stayed this far. You're amazing people. You're amazing people, and we love you all. <laughs> and um, yeah, cool. So we'll be ready for episode three sometime in March and probably be doing an Iron Fist <laughs> episodes one, two, three recap <laughs> once we've seen those.
1: Yeah, it's less than a month away now.
0: Don't get too excited, Martin. No, no, I'm trying (laughs) to to hold back. All right. Thanks, everyone.
1: Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
0: And cut. Awesome. Can I need to go to the bathroom as well? <laughs> she heard Beautify. I do <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Take two. <laughs> Pewter, I'm home. Welcome home. <laughs> Maybe it only works much. the first time. I know, see how she how useless she can be? Pewter, I'm home.
1: Indeed you are.